glad we can gather again <clears throat> this afternoon and that we can think that that thought that with God there is this inexhaustible source of of truth and of what we need that it's it's inexhaustible and if we'll just step out of the way and let God come and speak to us as as he only can do there's there's a blessing that we can expect I'm glad for that the words opened here to Isaiah 41 Isaiah 41, verse 1. Keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings? He gave them as the dust to his sword and as driven stubble to his bow. He pursued them and passed safely even by the way that he had not gone with his feet. Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning, I the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. The isles saw it, feared, the ends of the earth were afraid, drew near and came. They helped everyone, his neighbor, and everyone said to his brother, be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, and he that smoothed with the hammer him that smote the anvil, saying, it is ready for the soldering, and he fastened it with nails that it should not be moved. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend, thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth, and called thee from the chief men thereof, and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee, and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel, I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains, and beat them small, and shall make the hills as chaff. Thou shalt fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them, and thou shalt rejoice in the Lord, and shalt glory in the Holy One of Israel." When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers and high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shittal tree, and the myrtle, and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine, the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this. And the Holy One of Israel hath created it. Produce your cause, saith the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, saith the King of Jacob. Let them bring them forth and show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things what they be, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them, or declare us things for to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that you are gods. Yea, 
do good or do evil, that we may be dismayed and behold it together. Behold, you are of nothing, and your work of naught, an abomination is he that chooseth you. I have raised up one from the north, and he shall come from the rising of the sun, shall he call upon my name. And he shall come upon princes as upon mortar, and as the potter treadeth clay. Who hath declared the beginning? Who hath declared from the beginning that we may know, and before time that we may say he is righteous? Yea, there is none that showeth. Yea, there is none that declareth. Yea, there is none that heareth your words. The first shall say to Zion, Behold, behold them. And I will give to Jerusalem one that bringeth good tidings. For I beheld, and there was no man, even among them, and there was no counselor, that when I asked of them could answer a word. Behold, they are all vanity, their works are nothing, their molten images are wind and confusion. Let's sing here from M195. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before Thee again here in this afternoon. Again, Father, our hearts are thankful that we can bow before Thee. Thankful, Father, again, that we can lift up our faces unto Thee, that we can open our mouths wide and ask Thee, O Father, to come and to feed us. And to give us those things, Father, that would nourish our souls and strengthen our inner man and increase our might and our power and our desire, Lord, to do those things that please Thee. O God, that we would be Thy people, and that Thou would use us in those ways that are right and fitting and that please Thee. Father in heaven, we love Thee. We thank Thee. We thank Thee for this time together. We thank Thee for our dear brothers and sisters, Lord, that we can be together and that our hearts can love one another and that we can, um, we can feel that love flow from heart to heart. And We thank Thee for this. Thank thee for all that thy son has done. We just ask that now, Father, pour thy spirit upon us. As we prayed this morning, we would ask again. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Have here Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus and to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and that the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord 
and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8 there that we read. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, Thou art my servant, I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Isaiah and go back read in Isaiah chapter 6 and Isaiah seen a vision here in, in, in chapter 6 And he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And Isaiah heard things there and saw things there in that place. And he was so close to the presence of God. He, He was so near to him as he saw this going on. And there was something that was in Isaiah's life that allowed for this event to even occur. Something was in Isaiah's life that allowed God to come and reveal himself to Isaiah in this way. And being there in the presence of God, Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord. How often does that happen for you? How often does that happen for you? 
being so close to God and being in such a state where your heart is in that place and position where God comes and, and you hear the voice of the Lord saying something. We live in the midst of so much noise and such busyness and so much going on that our minds are so full, our lives are so full, our schedules are so full can we hear the voice of God? And what is he saying today? But Isaiah was there in the presence of God because there was something right with Isaiah. There was something God saw in him that he could come and show him something. And in the presence of Isaiah, God spoke. And when God spoke, he heard. And when God speaks to us, do we hear? Or are we just so drowned out with all the noise pollution that's going around us? Can we discern and hear the voice of God speaking? Isaiah said, God said something here to one of his angels, to one of those who was in his presence. I'm not sure. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? You ever heard that? We sing that song, ready to go, ready to stay, ready to do his will. We sing that other song, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. We sit here and we sing those songs and we give this response that Isaiah gave. But have we heard the voice of the Lord and are we actually responding or are we just singing the song? Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. My question to each of us here today, for each of us here today, are we a servant of the Lord? Are we really a servant of the Lord? Who are we really serving? And is it the Lord in truth and sincerity? Or is it yet ourselves? And as I think about that, and I think about <clears throat> this response of Isaiah saying, Lord, here am I, send me. You lose everything at that point. 
You don't get to choose anymore at that point. You don't get to say no at that point. A servant can say no, but he's out at that point. He's not a servant anymore. A servant can pick and choose, but he's not a servant anymore. Now he's, he's a bit of his own master at that point. But when Isaiah said, here am I, send me, Lord, what he was really saying was, is I'm all done. In my life, from here on out, I'm going to wholly consecrate. I'm going to wholly give to you, Lord. And you can take this life, and you can do with it whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do with it, you can do with it. I'm not going to put any restrictions on it. You won't hear coming from my mouth, no, Lord. When you say go, I'll go. When you say jump, I'll say, I'll jump. When you say I'm, I'm, I'm entirely yours, a servant of the Lord. We don't get to pick and choose anymore what we want. We don't get to pick and choose anymore of what we'd like. Our only, our only place now is to be in that place, in that, that state where God can come and he can speak and we can continue to hear from him and we hear his voice speaking to us. And then we do it. And I wonder if each of us purpose in our hearts that type of servanthood to the Lord. If each of us purpose in our hearts to be that kind of a servant. There's a couple different types of people. There's some, some types of people when they come into the presence of a man that is bigger than him, is greater than him, and we all do that at times. Women come into the presence of women who sometimes are they're, they're better women than they are. They're more capable. They're, they're, they're more put together. They're, they're more talented. They th- have things in order better. And as men, we come into the presence of men sometimes that, that are bigger men than what we are. They're, they're, they've, got, they've got bigger muscle. They've got bigger strength. They've got better talents. They're able to get things done better than what we can do. And there's a couple different types of response to that. Woman can come into the presence of a woman who's, who's bigger than her, who's more talented than her, who has it put together more than what she does. She can look at that woman and she can become jealous. She can get bitter. And she can find every excuse and every reason in the book why that's just not her personality. It's just not who she is. It's just not who she's cut out to be. God didn't make her that way. In her mind, she can excuse all of her deficiencies, all of her failings, all of her flaws and blemishes and her inabilities. And in her wounded little state there, she can explain away why that's just not who I am. And as men, we can do the same thing. match ourselves up to some of these big men and think, I'm never going to be that. And, and, and so instead of, 
Instead of feeling any kind of inspiration, what it actually does, it just, it just squashes us down right there into that place, and we stay right there at that place, and we're content with, this is who I am. You're going to have to accept me for who I am. Because this is how God made me. And unfortunately, that's a typical response. It's a pretty typical response. But I believe when God is working in a heart of someone, and we come into the presence of a bigger man or a bigger woman than what we are, and God is working in our hearts, we come into the presence of that man or that woman, and we, we leave the presence of that person feeling so inspired and so called up to higher ground. Where we walk out of that presence and we say, Oh Lord, here am I. Send me. I'm not quite there yet, Lord, but I want to go beyond that. I want to go be above that. I see where that person's at, and Lord, would you take me higher? I hear, I, I hear full, entire consecration. I don't want anything held back, Lord. If there's anything here that you can see that you can use, Lord, I just, everything I have, I give to you. And I lay it down. And when I read about Isaiah here, and I read then about this servant that he's writing about, that the Lord revealed to him, who we belong to. That's what that does to me. I think, well, if Isaiah could do it, if Isaiah could say, Lord, here am I, send me. If Isaiah could be a servant, then by the help of God, I think I can too. By the help of God, I think I can say, Lord, here am I, send me. I'm not there where Isaiah was at that point yet. I, didn't, I am not there, this, this great tower of a man, this great mighty man of God. But I know I've heard the voice of God come and say, whom shall I send? And by the grace of God, each of us can say, here my Lord, send me. Here my Lord, send me. I don't want to live this life in a way that at the end of it, we find out, you know, we were pretty selfish. We were pretty selfish. We didn't get that much done. We didn't let the Lord stretch us very far. We just kind of snuggled in, got comfortable, hedged in, made a trench, planted ourselves. And God wasn't able to do much with us. We had a small little sphere of people the neighbor right next door, person at work. And there was some things done there. But do you think God might be coming and calling each of us to be this servant? The servant that, that unreservedly says, here my Lord, send me. Not put a destination on that place, 
not put a time frame in which that has to work, not put a how many people that's going to involve, but just to simply say, take my life and let it be holy, consecrated unto thee. That's the song the brother gave. It's the song that we sang. Did we mean it or did we just sing it? But I feel stirred in my heart that way as I read this. And then I, I read these fear nots, fear thou not. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I'll never forget these words. I was going through a very difficult time. In the ministry, I was probably 23 years old at the time. I had a group of men that were really adamantly against me. And they were stirring up trouble, and they were stirring up, trying to stir up some other individuals. They got a few people, and they felt it would be best if I would remove myself from the ministry. And I was going to stand against it, and I was going to fight it. I wasn't going to let them push me around on that. I knew where I stood. I had the word of God on my side. And I, I stood up against that, and I wasn't going to be moved on that. And every day, every day, I had a practice. We had a, the church there. We had, I don't know how many rows of benches in that church. But every day, I had a few hours that I would go there to the church, and it was my practice. I would walk up and down, walk up and down those benches over and over and over. I don't know how many miles I walked. Walking up and down those those benches. And over and over I would hear God speak to me, not in an audible way. I never heard the voice of God in an audible sense, but over and over as I walked up and down those benches, praying and pleading for those people of that church, I would hear God over and over say, Whom shall I send? And who will go before me? Over and over I would say, Lord, here am I, send me. And I heard that call of God. And I believe that the Lord helped me answer that call of God. And now I find myself in this place, and we're sitting at a, at a meeting, and, and uh, they're, they're, they're really letting me have it. 
I'm getting just really, really torn apart. Never had been to a meeting like that before. Probably 23 years old. And as I sat there and as I listened to these complaints and I listened to these men and express why they felt like I needed to sit down, all I could do was sit there and hang my head and cry. That's all I could do. I had nothing I could say. I had nothing I could defend myself on. All I could do was just hang my head there and cry. I left that meeting that night. I went home after there had been weeks and weeks mounting up to you sit down, be silent, sit down, be silent. Went home from that meeting that night and I sat down on the couch. I couldn't talk. I couldn't say anything. My wife wanted to know what was going on. I couldn't tell her. I, 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 I was, my mind was too agitated and stirred up. I couldn't think straight. I went back in my bedroom. I lay down on my face, put my face down, on the, and I just wept. So all I could do was just weep and weep. I put up so much strength that I'm not going to do this. And I finally just broke. Lay there on the bed and I... I wept and I broke and I quit. And I said, I'm done. Can't do it, Lord. I quit. I'm giving up. They don't want me to preach anymore, I won't. They want me to step down, I will. I'm done. And just like that, the Lord came and he told me, this is not your ministry to give up. You said you would. You said, here am I, send me. This is not your ministry to give up. And I laid there got my Bible, and I opened up the Bible, and it was this chapter that opened up. And you can imagine the encouragement that this chapter gave me when I read, Fear not. And I read over and over, Fear thou not, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness." Then he says something here, Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. We're talking about being a servant of the Lord, and as a servant of the Lord, we're going to find that there's going to be those that rise up against, and it will hurt us. It will be hard. But when God comes... He says, for I, the Lord thy God, I will hold thy right hand. Saying unto thee, fear not, I will help thee. It kept reading, and I got to verse 15, and it says, Behold, I'll make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, and shalt make the hills as chaff. And I felt a strength come upon me. I don't know that has ever left me. I felt an anointing come upon me that I don't know that I felt has ever left me. I felt God speak to me there. And God tell me 
I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to take your words. Just like Isaiah cried out back there and said, Lord, I'm of unclean lips. And he went and touched him and said, this coal has cleansed your lips. And God gave me the strength as he came again, though I was more broken than what I had been before. And he said, who shall I send? And I said, here am I, Lord, send me. I got up off my bed and I felt strengthened and I felt renewed and I felt encouraged. And I went in the strength of that and the Lord helped me. And he's continued to help me. There's been, you brothers know what could be written since that time. But we're not talking about some cheap calling. We're not talking about some cheap feeling. We're not talking about some warm, fuzzy, oh, if it costs me everything, I'll obey. And we can sing songs and hold our hands and sing those little songs, cute little cheap songs. They're beautiful words if we meant them. But it's just so easy to sit there and sing the words I'll obey and serve you. I'll obey because I love you. I'll obey my life is in your hands. I'll obey because it's a way to prove my love when feelings go astray. And if it costs me everything, Lord, I'll obey. We sing that song. First time hardship comes around. We're gone. We're deserted. This isn't for me. Lord, don't you know? It's not going to get any easier. We don't answer the call of servanthood because we expect an easy life. No servant ever had an easy life. This Thessalonian church, they were suffering, as we read there. They had persecutions. They had tremblings. They had tribulations that they endured. And Paul says something here. That's a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. We're not going to get into the kingdom of God apart from sufferings. And we're not going to suffer until we say, Lord, here am I, send me. It's at that point of decision when we say, Lord, it's all yours. We sang the song that we are wholly consecrated unto thee. Do we understand that word wholly consecrated? Meaning that there's, there's everything, everything that I have, every part of my will, every part of my desires, those big dreams that I have, those things I'm looking forward to in the future, that, that service where I think, Lord, you'll use me here. It gets all piled up and put on the pile of the altar of before the Lord, it goes up into flames, and we say, now there all that is, and now I, I have zero request. God is not, as I've said, he's not asking us to go smaller. He's asking us to be nothing. He's asking us to be absolutely nothing. And it's when we are at that place of being absolutely nothing, I positively guarantee you, you will suffer. I, there is, make no mistake about it, you will suffer. And if you are not suffering as a believer and as a Christian yet to this point, I can guarantee you there has not been an entire whole consecration unto God. It has to work that way. It, there is no other equation to it. 
but it is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Don't you want this promise? This isn't to anyone here that has not been wholly consecrated. It does not apply to you. But for those of us who have heard the call of God and we've answered it and said, here am I, Lord, send me, and now we expect him to take these desert places and we expect him to plant these, these, these myrtle trees and these cedar trees and these shittaw trees. And then we see this, this lush growth and vegetation and we see the pools of water streaming down over the mountains. And he gives us a fruitful ministry and there's springs that's flowing through these desert places and there's fruit coming up. Not because we've sat at home and said, I'm comfortable and I'm not going to do anything more. I've got my salvation. Thank you very much, Lord. I'm looking forward to being with you in all eternity. Can't wait till I die and get to go to heaven. But for now, I'm going to stay put right here in this place. Don't expect too much out of me. I'm not really qualified. I'm not really talented enough to do that. That sister over there could handle it. That brother over here. But you made me like this. And so here I sit. Not much more is going to be expected from me. Thank you. I can't wait till I get to heaven. This doesn't apply to those people. No suffering is going to be to those people. Those people have their reward here in this life. And we'll leave the next to the Lord. But for those of us, as the church here in Thessalonians, give ourselves to the Lord. It says, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, and taking flaming, and flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony in you was believed in that day. You see, it's not a glorious thing right now. We're ridiculed, we're mocked. We sang that this morning. A remnant, small, a handful we, by many haughty men to be despised and persecuted. But God is going to come, and those of us who are in that small little band that other men have despised and persecuted, those of us who are in that small little band of men there with Isaiah, there with Elijah, there with Abraham. Those of us in that small little band of men who have been inspired to look upon these mighty men of God and, and have answered that call, there is coming a day when the Lord is going to come and all things are going to be revealed and seen for as they actually are. And those who have despised and persecuted us are going to see the great mistake that's been made. That it wasn't us that they persecuted, it was the Lord himself. They will narrowly look upon him who they've pierced. And they will see what they have done to the Lord of glory. Because in as much as you've done it unto these, the least of these, you've done it unto me. We will be troubled. We will suffer persecution. But the day is coming when the Lord is going to return. And do we not want to hear those words? 
Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Are you that servant 